It is now official. Tom Brady will be leaving the New England Patriots. This is not about where he will be playing. He has not decided that yet, but he is leaving the New England Patriots. Tom Brady now making that announcement. Tom Brady is leaving the New England Patriots. These last couple of weeks, it feels like normal means something different every day. And as of 9 a.m. this morning, normal now means Tom Brady will not be wearing a New England Patriots uniform this season. I'm Tanner Hoops, glad to have you along for Tuesday's edition of the Sports Pen. A lot to get into today, certainly a lot's been happening with the NFL over the last 24 hours and some change, but we are going to get into a little bit of human interest stuff, some COVID-19 talk in the sense that we've heard a lot about how it's impacted athletics. I know it's a minuscule part of it, but for some, it's a it, it's much more than that, and I want to give some guys that mean a lot to me that, uh, that I've seen grow up through the years, I want to give them a chance to share their stories and give us their perspective on how this has impacted them, especially at the college level. We talk about seniors losing their final games of their career, both at the high school, college level, what have you. I have some uh, college baseball players who are going to join me in the ESPN-UP phone line here in about 15 minutes. They'll tell us how COVID-19 has impacted them, particularly at the Division Three level, because we've heard it plenty of times. We can turn on SportsCenter, and you'll find out how it's impacted athletes at the D1 level. What about D2 and D3? How is it going to impact them? Find out here in about 15 minutes. I'll have those interviews here in ESPN-UP. But I want to start by recapping, or at least doing my best to recap, a wild day in the NFL that started with the news that the most successful quarterback of all time will not be returning to the team that he's called home for 20 years this fall. Tom Brady announced via Instagram that he will play his upcoming season in which he'll be 43 years old under a different flag. Now what flag is that going to be? I don't know that we're going to get a decision today. I thought we'd have one yesterday and we got partway there today. We know that it's not going to be New England. Here's what's happened here the last 48 hours or so for Tom Brady. I think that factors into why he made this decision or the decision to say that he's not coming to New England if he indeed made that decision a while ago because I feel like he did. Now, in the last 48 hours, Tom Brady has reportedly had two different teams say, we don't want you. We got our guy. The Tennessee Titans, when they offered Ryan Tannehill $29.5 million a year, and reportedly San Francisco said they were not interested in Brady. Reportedly, Brady's first choice was San Francisco. They did not feel the same way. That is according to rumors, not yet confirmed. However, we can speculate that two teams were not interested in Tom Brady. If Tom Brady wanted to go back to New England, he would have by now. I mean, let's face it. He made this decision a while ago. I mean, this is not something that he thought about last night and decided to announce today. But now that interest in him is waning and his options are waning, he had to speed up his market a little bit to get his market a little bit more relevant again. Now, we, we know that it's coming down basically to the Chargers or the Buccaneers, neither of which would be great choices for a 43-year-old aging quarterback. The offensive line's there are not up to par, certainly not in Tampa Bay, where Jameis Winston was sacked 47 times last year, and he's not a guy who can scoot, but he can scoot a little bit more than 43-year-old Tom Brady. Neither of those choices are ideal for Tom Brady, and it looks like Las Vegas could be out because Marcus Mariota is heading over there as of last night. Tom Brady could be the odd man out in that scenario. Now, do I think that Tom Brady will be a starting quarterback somewhere this fall? Absolutely he will. 
we're not playing musical chairs and Tom Brady's not going to be the one who's left without a chair. He will have a chair. It's just not going to be a chair that he wants or a good fit for him because the Chargers and the Buccaneers are not where 43-year-old Tom Brady needs to be to prove that he didn't need Bilicek to be the most successful quarterback of all time. To me, you don't get better in your advanced age where you already were showing signs of declining last year. You don't get better by subtracting the greatest coach of all time. And I get it, you could go to Tampa Bay, you have Bruce Arians there, and he's a guy that all kinds of quarterbacks want to play for. Probably every quarterback in the league wants to play for him. But still, compared to Belichick, I don't care how good your coach is, you don't upgrade by leaving Belichick. Now, I firmly believe that this decision was made because of the fractured relationship between Belichick and Brady. And I believe it was fractured after Deflategate a lot more than they let on. I mean, we pick up on it, but they don't do a good enough job of hiding it. That relationship has been fractured. The question is how much? We're starting to learn how much. Because obviously the best option for Brady was staying in New England, staying with a team that's committed to winning, that's built a winning culture, that has the greatest coach of all time. They didn't put up a good enough roster for you. They let Tom Brady down this past year. They did. And I don't know if that deepened the fracture. Split that relationship wide open with Bilicek. He's got a good relationship, Brady does, with Robert Kraft. But with Bilicek, I don't think they could do it anymore. And I don't think it was much better between Brady and McDaniels. And now he's off to prove himself, saying, I'm not Sis Tom. I'm not a system quarterback. I can win without you. The only thing is, I'd like to see this move 10 years ago, at least, in Brady's prime. Because I don't think we're ever truly going to know the answer to that question. Now, I know what I believe, and a lot of us know what we believe. We have our opinions on the subject. But right now, what's Brady going to prove? Are we expecting him to elevate a team? He's not at the point anymore in his advanced age where he is in his career. He's not at the point where a team is going to win because they have Tom Brady. He needs weapons around him. And granted, there are two great wide receivers in Tampa Bay. You've got Austin Eckler, who's all kinds of fun, what you can scheme up with him out in L.A., but that's not enough. I don't think either of those teams have a better roster than New England overall. I really don't. And Brady, I don't know if he's trying to prove himself to the world or Bilicek. I just don't believe he's going to. That's not to say I'm rooting against Tom Brady, but I'm not optimistic if that's what he's going after, if that's what he's trying to prove. Now, we're going to have a lot of fun speculating as to where Brady's going to end up going. I don't know when we'll come to that decision. Another fun subject that we're going to have to chew on here for the next few days will be who's going to be his heir apparent in New England. Because right now, the Patriots have Jared Stidham as their starting quarterback until they get somebody else, and they will, because Jared Stidham is not ready. Meanwhile, you have a divisional rival less than 24 hours ago say, this is our window. We're shooting our shot. Because we're going to trade a haul of draft picks, including a first-rounder, to go get Stephon Diggs. A guy who wanted out of there anyway, but we're going to sweeten the pot and give the Vikings uh, the number 22 overall pick, a fourth and a fifth. I don't remember if they got a six, maybe. They got a pretty good deal out in Minnesota, and on paper, the Vikings clearly won that trade. But Buffalo got exactly what they wanted, a chance to take advantage of their window. In the long term, this is so much better for Minnesota than it is for Buffalo. But Buffalo knows their window is right now, especially with Tom Brady gone. Can we consider Buffalo the favorites in the AFC East? They say, we've got the defense, we've got the coach and the coaching staff. 
They might have the quarterback. They seem to think they have the quarterback. And now we wait to see who is going to be the new quarterback in New England. Do they get somebody like Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, somebody like that? I still think Ryan Fitzpatrick should absolutely be in play. Well, I thought initially Teddy Bridgewater would be the guy that would keep the Patriots on top in the AFC East. I thought he would be the guy that would keep the Patriots as the cream of the crop out there. And that became especially apparent after Drew Brees agreed to a two-year $15 million contract extension with New Orleans today. And that's especially significant, not just because it's the most accurate passer in the history of the game, the guy with the most touchdown passes, passing yards, what have you, but because it's a two-year deal. And the narrative around Brees seemed to be that if he does come back to New Orleans this year, doesn't retire, and I don't think a lot of us thought he would retire, but we did think this would be it for Drew Brees. Instead, he's going to be there for two years. Now, I'm not saying that is going to impact Drew Brees the way that it has impacted Tom Brady, although it absolutely could, and that's an extra risk that New Orleans is willing to take. But it's especially significant because Teddy Bridgewater will have a new contract, or would have had a new contract. I'll get to that in a moment. And then Taysom Hill is a restricted free agent. Those timelines, those contract endings, don't line up. And then the dominoes really started to fall because Carolina allowed Cam Newton to do what we thought probably should be done and ask for a trade. And a few hours later, they agreed to a three-year deal with Teddy Bridgewater. So Carolina's got their man and a guy that is going to fit really well into Joe Brady's system and in a Matt Rule system. So right now, as far as I'm concerned, the Carolina Panthers have had the best day of anybody today because you've got maybe not necessarily a mobile, but an athletic quarterback in Bridgewater, plus a guy who has all kinds of fun to work with out of the backfield of Christian McCaffrey and a wide-open division down there. Despite how good New Orleans is, there's still a chance Carolina can be pretty darn good in that division. I'm still going to say the NFC South is fairly wide open. Now, how about as we continue to play quarterback carousel? Indianapolis seems to think Phillip Rivers is their guy. They were pretty quick to say, no, Tom Brady's not coming over to play for us. We have our guy in mind. And they've been making some moves, as you saw yesterday, DeForest Buckner going over there. As I said on the show, that tells me Indianapolis is really confident in whoever they have at quarterback or wherever their plan is to have at quarterback. Because you look at their roster, it's pretty darn good, especially that offensive line. Costanzo's coming back, signs a new deal, Marlon Mack. You've got good wide receivers, good tight end, and a fairly good defense as well, especially now with DeForest Buckner. There's a lot to like about Indianapolis, and Phillip Rivers might give it one more go there, especially when you take into account he'll be coached by Frank Reich, a guy who works really well with quarterbacks, and a guy that, at one point last year, the midway point even, looked like he could be a candidate for Coach of the Year. A guy who's both a schemer and a culture guy. He's the best of both those worlds. By the way, for the Lions, we talked about it yesterday with Ryan Stieg. Are they ever going to make any moves? Are they ever going to do anything? How about Chase Daniel today? I don't know. Do Lions fans like this or not? Chase Daniel gets signed to a three-year, $13 million deal for a guy who went undrafted, Over 10 years ago, over a decade ago, he came into this league undrafted out of Missouri, and he's still still here. And that's one of the better undrafted over 30 contracts you're going to find with Chase Daniel. I don't know who his agent is. Find that guy. Tip him well. 
tip him well because Chase Daniel is signing with the Lions. And that makes me wonder what the plan is for Matt Stafford going forward. I mean, you can't help but speculate. Did they bring in Chase Daniel to light a fire under Stafford? Is Chase Daniel the right guy to light a fire under Stafford? Or are they just looking for a serviceable backup when the inevitable Stafford season-ending injury occurs this year? Speaking of lighting fires under a starting quarterback, Case Keenum, his fourth team in four years, he reunites with Kevin Stefanski, who was his quarterback's coach when the Vikings went to the NFC Championship game a few years ago, had the Minneapolis Miracle. He reunites with him in Cleveland to back up Baker Mayfield or light a fire under Baker Mayfield. I love that. I personally love that, especially when it happened out west, too, in Las Vegas with Marcus Mariota agreeing to terms with the Raiders. Now, I don't know if that means that the Raiders are committed to those two, that it's going to be a battle between those two, or if they're still in the Brady sweepstakes. I don't know. I don't know what their plan is with Derek Carr, but I do know that Mike Mayock, who was a NFL draft expert back when Mariota came into the league in 2015, he had Mariota above Jameis Winston. As far as quarterbacks go, the top two quarterbacks taken that draft, and obviously Winston was taken over Mariota, but I know how high Mayock was on him. Mayock is now the general manager with the Raiders, seemingly got his guy after all these years. With that, let's take a timeout. When we come back, let's turn it over to a few guys who are going to share their stories about how the college athlete, the senior athlete, and the Division Three athlete have been impacted by the COVID-19 outbreak. Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along. Well, things have been changing rapidly, and they continue to change rapidly all across the country. And I tell you what, it has certainly impacted sports, and I know that's a minuscule part of life as compared to what's been going on throughout the world, not just in our country, but on our planet. But sports are a big part of it, and it's impacted the lives of several individuals that are going to lose memories, lose opportunities that it's going to be very tough to get back, very challenging to try to come back from. And I want to take the time to give those individuals, or at least a few of them, the chance to tell us their story, to put us in their shoes. And I'm delighted to be joined now on the ESPN-UP phone line by members of the Buena Vista University baseball team. Buena Vista University, a small 900-student school in northwestern Iowa. It's my alma mater. First of all, we're joined by junior Nick Henricks. And Nick, I appreciate you taking the time being on air with me. Tell me about your story, how you found out about what was going on as you went on your spring break trip with the team to Arizona. Well, it was it was kind of a little weird because when you actually like look at it, we had just gotten down there and it was starting to kind of come through and everybody was talking about, well, the season could possibly like just be in jeopardy. And when we got on the plane, all the conference tournaments for basketball were getting shut down. Um, games were getting stopped at halftime. I mean, I think it was the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. They got completely stopped at halftime. Creighton, and I think Providence or Seton Hall got stopped at halftime in the Big East, and I was like, okay, this just doesn't seem possible. And then they started canceling all the tournaments and everything, and it just kind of really sunk in that this is going to be something that affects everybody. And then when we got to Arizona, um, we already had a team cancel on us, and it was a team from New York, and then a couple of other teams were starting to come through. Softball had had a cancellation on them by a couple of teams, I believe. I mean, it was just kind of crazy to see how that was all coming through to affect us before the big news really hit. 
Did you have kind of an idea that it was going to happen, that eventually your season would get canceled before the official announcement? You know, everybody in my room, I had Logan Mueller, who's a sophomore right now, Reed Fitzky, who's a sophomore, me, and then um, Tyler Tennyson. We kind of had an idea, but we really didn't want it to come true. And we were kind of sitting on that dream, sitting on that hope that it wouldn't come true. And then we got the text about just how we're going to keep playing, we're going to keep trying to think it's normal, and then everything just really fell apart, and that was just the biggest shock, I think. How did you find out that the season was canceled, and what were your emotions after that? So, our first game was supposed to be that Thursday night when we got down there, and we wanted to play, and the game got rained out. And so, we had gotten to the field, we'd gotten all our gear on, we were getting ready, everybody's swings was feeling good, we were playing like we had nothing to lose, just because... In case it happened, we were like, we're just going to go out, have fun, do what we do. And then that game got rained out. We got back to the hotel. We all just kind of chilled, relaxed. We went to bed, and we were hoping that it would be normal the next morning. And then around, I think, what would have been 10 o'clock here for you guys, and it was 8 o'clock in Arizona, I wake up to Logan Mueller just yelling, and he came over, and I asked if we got the email and we looked down, and games got canceled, the season got canceled, I got the text, everything, and it was just kind of a little weird to actually realize, holy cow, this just happened. Nick, what was your reaction for the seniors? I know there was that question, which the NCAA did answer, is whether they would get another year of eligibility, and they did, but at the Division three level, that's a lot tougher to try and navigate. Um, Kind of for all the seniors, I mean, we had – such a great group of seniors this year and I mean for everybody this was this was a year that we could have had something special I mean we started out the year so hot um Joe Rock who was one of our seniors he was hitting absolutely lights out in that second spot in the lineup Bryce Rowe he was starting to get hot again um Tyler Tennyson was leading the team in home runs with three which was our lead last year but we had it in the first two weekends of the season I mean we were starting to hit home runs Colton Mills was absolutely having a fantastic year um, in fall ball, and then it was going to be awesome to see what he was doing in the spring. Parker Truesdell was coming up great, too. Um, Gage Smart was getting ready to start closing out games again and being that number one guy out of the pen that we needed. Casey Hendricks, his curveball was absolutely lighting up the boards again. And then you look at Clayton Christian, who's been our one of our biggest leaders um, throughout my so far three years here. It was just so sad to see him start going because he was going to be another pivotal part to the bullpen as well. So, I mean... For all the seniors that we had, I mean, it was just crazy to think that, holy cow, their season's over in seven games, and they have another year of eligibility, but whether or not they take it is completely up to them. Um, I can speak for everybody on the team. We would love to have all those guys back because they were such great leaders, but my heart just goes out to them and just how much they've worked to get to this point and get to this year and have it kind of just taken away out of thin air. How about from an academic standpoint? How's this impacted you? Um, currently, we had a couple of professors say, like, before we got to Arizona, if something happens, we'll kind of keep you up to date on it. I know I had one of my professors say for some homework, it's like, since you guys are playing and this stuff goes wrong, just kind of take your time. You can get it done. Um, otherwise, right now, we haven't heard anything about moving to online classes. We have an extra week of spring break added on and looking to see what Everybody else has been doing. I think we will move to online classes. But, again, that's to be determined. But 
I do have an internship coming up in the summer with the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs organization, and Andrew Banstra is up there as well. And you also helped me with the internship, and again, I can't thank you and Andrew enough for that. Um, but as of yesterday, they released a statement saying that the season will get pushed back a little bit. It hasn't been completely expelled, but they're just pushing back the start. I think that's a smart idea, honestly, just because if everybody's taking this as seriously now, I think that Southern Maryland should be doing the same, and they are, which is fantastic. So I'm hoping that the internship still stays and comes to fruition. But as of right now, academically, that's what we're dealing with. Well, you're out in Omaha. What's life like out there? I know Nebraska's been hit with several confirmed cases of COVID-19, but what's life like out in the Omaha area for you? What's life like out in Omaha? Well, I mean, if you didn't know anything, it's a sunny day. It's normal. Life seems to be going on. The one weird thing is, is my dad is home right now, and he's currently downstairs, and he's never home, but he has paid vacation off right now. So he's doing that. My mom went to work this morning. Um, she was told to take her temperature to go into work just as a precaution for some people in the office. I mean, it's, it's just a little weird right now because, like, everybody knows what's going on and everybody's trying to be normal. But, like, looking outside in my room right now, it's completely sunny. Streets are quiet. But I guarantee you people are going to try to go on with everyday life. Whether or not it actually happens, I don't know. But um, Omaha's officials just released, like, statements saying, here's what we got. Bars, are, bars and restaurants are only going to about 10 people. Um, they haven't shut down St. Patrick's Day, which I think is kind of weird, but at the same time it gives people some sense of normality. And I think that's what everybody needs at this time. But they said, please just be safe. Don't Make sure you keep practicing social distancing and everything. And as of right now, I think life is pretty normal here. Nick Henricks, a junior at Buena Vista University, joins us in the ESPN-UP phone line telling us about how the COVID outbreak has affected him. Nick, always good talking to you, man. Thank you for doing this. We'll talk again soon. Well, thank you so much, Tanner, for having me. Let's turn it over now to Tyler Tennyson, a senior at Buena Vista University, kind enough to give us some time and share his reaction to the COVID-19 outbreak. Tyler, first of all, appreciate you being on. Tell me about the moment that you found out, or at least that it started becoming apparent to you how serious this thing was as you went down to Arizona with the team. Um, so we were on the, on the bus ride to Omaha to the airport, and I think that's when there were talks about the tournament the NCAA tournament being canceled. And so that was kind of like very first early sign. And then I actually found out about the NBA season being suspended while we were on the plane. So then we were all kind of like, well, this is not, this doesn't look very, very good at all. And then I think, so the next day we're in our hotel, we don't play till seven. And I think at about two o'clock, we found out that the ARC was going to cancel all the, their spring and like winter championships. And then we just kind of figured that was, that this was pretty much getting towards the end. And then the next day, they canceled the whole season. So that was kind of, kind of the timeline of how things broke down and it just got progressively, progressively worse. Well, I mean, this has got to be extremely difficult for you, especially being a senior. I know your team had high hopes for this season. What are you feeling right now, if you can put it into words? I know. I mean, it just, it really doesn't feel real still. You know, you kind of you kind of think that in a couple months there, like you're just going to go back out there and play again. But 
it's it's kind of, it's it's really indescribable still at this point. I mean, I still it's <laughs> I really I really have no words, but I mean, it's been it's been a blessing to play for the for the Navy and Gold these last 3 years, but it just it just feels like it can't end like this. Well, the NCAA did allow sprinting athletes to have an extra year of eligibility, although logistically that's a lot tougher to do at the Division Three level. Have you given any thought as to whether you might come back for a fifth year? Yeah, it's 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 really tough, you know. I mean, even coming back for that fifth year, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be the same as if you played, you know, your if you played out your final year. But um, you know, I'm as I'm currently still in Phoenix right now because I I won't get back until Wednesday. Um, I haven't really given much thought, but I mean, I'm gonna look at it, look at it extensively. Um, maybe like a grad program or online classes, and maybe seeing like what's the best way. But you know, finances are always are always the big issue here. So we're just gonna look and see if it's financially like able to do it. Tell me about some of the interactions you've had the last few days with your coaches, teammates, what have you. Um, well, when the news broke that, uh, I think it was, yeah, Friday that the season was canceled, um, I, I think I was like, it happened like 30 minutes after I woke up, so, I mean, it just, I didn't really believe it, and then we had that little senior day banquet in the, in the hotel lobby, and that was just excruciating to get through, you know, you expect to, you kind of expect that to be not as, emotional and kind of kind of a little more positive vibes to that because we usually do that at the end of our season after our last home series it's more like it's more we leave on like a happier note and that was just that was awful for all of us you know i remember i remember being up there and looking at everybody you know just everybody having sweaty eyes and stuff like that it was it was it was pretty pretty painful to go through but it was very nice that those that I was with those guys because I don't think I don't think I could have done it by done it alone I mean it was I couldn't have had a better group of guys around me to to cope with all of this what's life like in Phoenix are you noticing any changes anything out of the ordinary down there um you know not really I I was at the Grand Canyon yesterday and there was there's quite a few people out. Um, you know, we we drove by like a couple WalMarts and Costco's, and those things are absolutely stacked to the brim in the parking lot. So, I guess that's the only real noticeable difference. My parents have been in been inside those WalMarts, and they say it's absolute chaos. So, I mean, but I've I really haven't noticed many many changes to to life here. Tyler Tennyson, senior at Buena Vista University, kind enough to give us some time and tell us about how the pandemic has impacted his athletic career appreciate it as always tyler man we'll talk again soon hang tough down there all right thanks hey good luck in your future too no, i appreciate it thank you let's take a time out we'll have more on yeah. this on espn up check out the up's local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons at four on espn up and on the espn up app Welcome back, Tanner Hoops with you. Glad you're along on ESPN-UP. We'll hit the phone line in a moment. We'll get a little more perspective on how this outbreak has affected athletes, especially at the Division Three level. But first, your Sports Center update. The IOC is confident that the Summer Olympics in Tokyo will go on as planned. 
The Kentucky Derby has been postponed to September 5th due to the COVID-19 outbreak. This marks just the third time that the Derby has ever been postponed and the first time since 1945. And finally, pandas have six toes. It makes it easier for them to grab bamboo. That is your Sports Center update. Glad to have you along as always. Joined now on the ESPN UP phone line by Buena Vista University head baseball coach Steve Eady. He's kind enough to give us some time to tell us how his team has been impacted by the COVID 19 outbreak. Buena Vista University, a 900 student school in Northwestern Iowa, Division three athletic programs. Coach, first of all, I appreciate you being on with me. If you could, tell me about how this has affected you and your squad. Well, um, it was kind of a, a whirlwind, le- even leading up to the day we left, which was Wednesday. Um, and naively, I was sitting there going, "Well, we just need to get out of here. We just need to get to Arizona because every a lot of other schools were canceling their trips." And uh, um, we left on Wednesday, and when we landed in uh, in Phoenix on Wednesday night, um, the NBA had just canceled. Um, President Trump was on uh, giving his uh, first speech to the nation, and and you could just kind of tell once the our, our, uh, we started catching up with the news that um, this was getting a lot bigger than maybe what any of us um, had anticipated. So really about Wednesday night uh, on our van ride down, we, we really were uh, a little bit worried about what was going to happen to us, obviously, and let alone the rest of the country. So, Did you kind of have an inkling that your season was going to be canceled before it officially was? Yeah, absolutely. I think our guys knew, too. I mean, they were talking about... Um, you know, especially once the uh, conference basketball tournaments were were being canceled, um, teams were being pulled off the court. I think our guys knew it was just a matter of time. Um, we also saw other Division three schools around the country that were already canceling their entire season. And then once Chapman University did, they were the national champions in Division three last year. Once they canceled their season, um, then we kind of knew it was coming for us, too. But uh, we were just hoping to maybe get in a game or two. I, I don't know if that was logical thinking or not, but uh, I just wanted our seniors to be able to play one more game. And, uh, you know, all our parents were down there watching. And, and uh, unfortunately, the Mother Nature took care of that. We got rained out in Arizona for the first time in my lifetime being down there. So um, it just wasn't meant to be, and that's fine. We, so we, we all got home safe and... and um, you know, that's ultimately the, the biggest part of all this is uh, we are not the ones that are spreading this around. So that's we've hopefully we've done our job. Have you talked with any other coaches, whether that be in your league or even within the school, coaching other sports? Well, yeah, I, I was in touch with a couple schools from our conference that were also on spring break trips. Um, you know, especially leading up to the time when uh, we got summoned home, I was wondering if they were going to, if their schools were, were interested in getting them home early. Um, you know, as this weekend played out, I was a little bit petrified that um, uh, that the airports were going to be shutting down. I didn't know. I didn't want to get stranded in Tucson. I mean, our flight home isn't until actually uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. So um, we got out of there and got home and got our our kids back to their homes or or uh, or let them go home with their families. And uh, you know, right now we're just <laughs> kind of wrapping up our season, which we would normally do in May. But I guess some of those things are happening now what was your reaction with several of the seniors and i know you talked about you wish you could have got them out there one last time yeah that's a tough part you know selfishly we we look at a couple guys that 
were returning All-Americans, and they had a chance to set some school records. But more than anything, I just enjoyed watching our guys play. I mean, um, you know, I had made a commitment to some of the guys in, in the fall that said, I'm going to enjoy every single day because I'm not, not looking forward to your senior day. Um, so I'm going to enjoy coaching you every chance I get. And um, thankfully, I guess I, I did that. I mean, I, I did enjoy every day with our guys. And, and um, you know, unfortunately, it was cut a little bit short. But, uh, you know, in five to ten years, we're going to remember the event nationally and, and how it affected our nation and, and our our society in general, you know, humanity, rather than the loss of the 33 games that uh, were canceled due to this thing. So, you know, it just it's going to take a little time to to figure out, you know, just how Im- impactful this is to to our planet, and um, hopefully we learn something from it and and aren't as susceptible to something like this in the future. Well, I know, like you said, it's emotional when you talk to the seniors and you know that they've probably played their last game. You wish they could have had one more. The NCAA did grant them another year of eligibility, but at the Division three level, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. No, a lot of schools in our league don't have graduate programs. So um, we do, but we don't have unlimited number. And it just I just want to do it. You know, talk to our guys in a case-by-case basis and say, does it make sense for you to try to use it? Um, yes, you'll enjoy it um, coming back for your last year and getting those time. But if it doesn't make sense in your career path, um, then I, I'm going to advise them not to. Um, and I think it's going to be kind of a, um interesting dynamic across all divisions, what we do with, with these uh, spring, spring guys that want to use their extra. You know, can they stay at their school? Can they transfer? Um, you know, Division One has a roster maximum at 35. How how are they going <laughs> to are they going to extend that? You know, there's a lot of things out there that you know governance has to has to maybe change a few things. Have you had those conversations with any of the seniors or even the administration, other coaches, what have you? Um, yeah, we're working on that here. Um, there's just even a few things on our campus that we may need to um, you know maybe change our policies here and there, but. Um, uh, across, you know, and the NCAA has been has given a blanketed um, year of eligibility to all of our kids, freshmen through seniors. So, um, with the seniors, I I have had a conversation with one or two guys. I think they're going to look into it, um, and we'll just see what makes the most sense for them. Coach, is there anything that you would like to see the NCAA do or continue to address? Anything you feel that still has not been answered? Well, I don't know what, you know, some of the schools that don't offer master's programs, uh, graduate-level programs, uh, they really don't have an option. And I I don't know if there's anything we can do to avoid that because it's not just going to be a one-year deal. We have to do all this stuff for the the current freshmen who lost their freshman year, too. So um, I don't really know what's out there, um, what's possible. Um, Again, like anything, you, you know what you know based on, on how it affects each individual kid, but you you got to go layers beyond that. And um, um, I, I haven't given enough thought right now to, to figure out how um, some of our just undergraduate schools here in our league, how, how it's going to affect them. And I don't know if they have any ideas on on how they can retain their kids and, and give them one last chance in their, in their own uniform. 
Steve Eady, head baseball coach at Bio Vista University, kind enough to give us some time to talk about how the COVID-19 outbreak has impacted his team. Appreciate the time as always, Coach. Best of luck going forward. We'll talk again soon. Hey, anytime. Thanks, Tanner. Let's turn it over now to Clayton Christian, a senior at BVU, a pitcher for the baseball team. And first of all, Clayton, I appreciate you taking the time hopping on air. Tell me about the timeline of events from your perspective leading up to your trip down there to Arizona and eventually finding out how serious this thing really was. Yeah, um, it was crazy to watch how it unfolded it. I mean, it started out as, oh, it's something across these that we don't really have to worry about, but we should pay attention to in the news to, oh, it's in the U.S., but it's still not that big of a deal to, oh, it's like this is a real danger. So uh, my initial first thoughts were, let's jump on the plane as quick as we can before the president calls Coach Eady and says, no, you can't go anymore. So I was like, once we get on the plane, we'll be just fine. And then um, as the events unfolded, we got on the plane, we were fine, we got down there. We tried to play on Thursday night, and as the trip would entail, we got rained out. And ironically, it just kind of tended to be that kind of trip where the dominoes all fell, and um, it was a unique, one-of-a-kind trip for all involved, for sure. Well, the NBA suspended operations Wednesday night. The conference tournament's canceled on Thursday. Your season was officially canceled Friday. Could you kind of tell it was coming? Did you have an inkling it was going to happen? I could see the writing on the wall for sure. It was inevitable that seeing uh, Division One athletics getting closed and um, the NBA, as you said, the NHL, those kind of things, you could see that it was coming. Um, there's a little bit of, there's a glimmer of hope that since we were such a small conference in Iowa and just Nebraska Westland and Nebraska that um, we could still play a conference season, maybe just be really careful about who we play or who we allow at the game. But um, yeah, I mean, the writing was definitely on the wall. As a senior, are you able to put into words what it was like stepping off the field for the final time and not knowing it? Um, it's tough, and it's something that I thought I maybe thought I was at peace with, and I, I still am at peace with, but it, it gets tougher the more you think about it, the more time that goes by and realize what could have been. Um, it's something that I've just I've been grateful. I've been trying to look at it with a grateful heart, grateful eyes that the things that I've experienced, I've been able to do, and um, but it is tough to see what could have, what think, think about what could have been. Well, and I know it's tougher at the Division Three level logistically. You got guys that are going to go pro in something other than baseball. The NCAA did say spring athletes will get an extra year if they want it. Is that something you're considering, or are you ready maybe to go on with your life? Um, it would be really fun to come back, but, um, unfortunately, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I won't be coming back. I have a job lined up in Minneapolis and, um, I think I'll pursue that unless something drastic happens there. But, um, as of right now, I'm planning on getting a job and supporting them from Twin Cities area. What are you going to be doing up there in Minneapolis? Tell us about the next step for you. Yeah. So I got a job with KPMG, which is an accounting firm up in the cities. Um, my official start date hasn't been set yet, but, uh, supposed to be in the fall, so late late summer or early fall, and I'll go up there and um, do audit work. So I'll be going to different companies and making sure that their financial statements are reported correctly. Have you had any conversations, whether it's related to the season, the outbreak or not, with your teammates, your coaches, anybody like that? Tell me about some of the relevant conversations in the last couple of days. Um, most of the conversations have just been reminiscing about the good times, and um, it's um, it's crazy to think about that it's all over now, and um, 
it's it's sad to think about, but um, the memories we have is so great. I mean, Coach Edie gave us his senior night speech, and um, looking at the seven other seniors with me and how great the memories we had together were, and then um, even last year culminating in a conference championship, that's, that's rewarding and something that we can have peace with. When things are tough, you're having a tough day, you want to look back on some of these memories that you cherish, what's that going to be in regards to this baseball team? Um, it's definitely going to be the relationships that I've built. Um, there's some really great dudes on the team, and sometimes it takes a little extra time to get to know them just because everyone's wired a little differently. But um, there's so many great people that you're able to learn from and um, teach, and those are the memories I'll cherish the most. Well, you're back in Iowa, and I know they've got a few cases there as, that are confirmed in the central part of the state. What does life look like to you now when you look down the streets, at the stores, what have you? Um, it's a lot different, actually. So my mom lives in Carroll County, which is about an hour south of Buena Vista County, and there's a confirmed case here, I think on Sunday or Monday. And um, my mom and I just went to Sam's Club in Ames yesterday, and it's it's barren. It's crazy how quickly people are stocking up on supplies and and staying inside. Um, it's unlike anything I've ever seen, and it kind of feels like we're in a horror movie or something. But kind of like me in the sense that this doesn't seem real yet. Still tough to believe. Yeah, I'm. I'm still kind of in shock. I don't. I'm still processing what's going on and what I'm going to do. How I'm going to handle it. I guess in a sense. I just. It seems unreal. Well, I appreciate you hopping on air with me, Christian, and giving us perspective. I really appreciate it, man. All the best to you. You're going to do great stuff in the Twin Cities. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Tanner. Let's take a time out. We'll have more on this next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of today's show, they're available on demand with the Sports Pen Podcast. Get it by getting to our website, ESPNUP.com, or check out our free mobile app, the on-demand, available in both places. Tanner Hoops with you once again. We continue to delve deeper into how this COVID-19 outbreak is affecting athletes, not just at the Division I level that's available to all of us, but even down to the Division Three level, where the issues are certainly different, and we continue to do that with Gage Smart, a senior at Buena Vista University. I appreciate you being on, my man. Tell me about how this has impacted you and the timeline of events leading up to the cancellation of your season. So, first of all, I just want to thank you for letting me on the show, Tanner. Um, we had... A solid seven games through Topeka the first two weeks. I, I knew Corona was going around. wasn't really sure what was happening in the, within the sports realm. We left for Tucson, Arizona, our annual spring break trip. And by the time we got there, on our first flight down there, we saw that Rudy Gobert had tested positive for Corona. And then we all started freaking out because we knew if an NBA player got it, you know, what was going to happen to us. And then throughout the course of two days down there, we had three games canceled, and ultimately our season was canceled, which was very hard for a lot of us, especially the seven other seniors and myself. We had to do an impromptu senior send-off with Coach Edie, and there's a lot of emotions, to be honest with you. It's only been three days. Um, I'm still really confused on the whole situation, and... Whatever, which every senior is going to do across the country when it comes to 
eligibility they're granting with grab schools and whatnot. Well, I know that's a topic that has come up. The NCAA says they are going to allow spring athletes to have a fifth year. Is that something you're considering, or you've been having those conversations? Um, I have been having those conversations with my family and assistant coaches and players from other schools. Right now, as it sits, I'm looking to do a grad transfer to somewhere just for like financially what works best for me and my family side of things. Um, depending on what happens and where things shake out, all I know is I just want to play still. Well, during the interim, I know we're all cooped up, what have you, but what goes into that decision as you try to prepare yourself for the future? Uh, going into that decision, it's really hard because I took, you know, I gave four whole years to the school I'm at right now. But with everything that's shaking out and going online and whatnot, I will be getting my degree via online in May, so it makes it difficult for me to use another year of eligibility. I would have to, say, like, add another major or minor. So the smartest thing to do would be to go the grad transfer route, which just allows me to go play at whatever school wants me while I'm doing my graduate studies. Just for me, what that looks like is i got to find schools that are not only interested in my baseball abilities, but as well they have the graduate studies I'm looking to do. And I know one thing that they're maybe talking about doing, they're trying to push the NCAA to do, is allowing seniors, graduating seniors, to do their graduate studies online through a different university but compete for the one they just played at. I'm not sure how that'll shake out, but that's also a possibility if that goes through. Have you felt like all options have been laid out in front of you, that it's been pretty transparent as far as what you can and can't do? Uh, so far, we got CVD, our coach, to email us yesterday, letting us know what the rundown was. He just explained to us the eligibility thing. Um, he explained that he's going to have a close conversation with all the seniors to figure out our plans. He then let us know, not with great detail, but the plan about the uh, online grad school through a different university, but competing for Buena Vista and the old, um, just how that would make more sense financially. They're working with our athletic director and the NCAA. They're pushing them to see how that would work. Because I know for at least our school and most other schools within our conference, they don't offer a lot of grad programs which would make a lot of seniors for their respective teams end up leaving. Would you say that right there is the biggest difference between a Division three and a Division one athlete and the maybe the biggest struggle as part of it is what to do with that fifth year? I would 100% agree with that, yes. Um, that's why right now I'm looking at like maybe mid-major D1s, D2s. I have uh, some talk with a buddy of mine that plays at D1, and he's talking to his coach about maybe potentially setting up a meeting with me, but right now everything's just up in the air. The best I can do is keep throwing when I can throw, keep working out at home since they're closing all the gyms in my town, <laughs> uh, and just hope for the best. When you think back about your time in a Beaver uniform, what's your favorite memory with those guys? Uh, my favorite memory would have to be the dog pile we had last year. I mean, we went on 45 consecutive innings without giving up a run. And being the closer, I was 
a key part in most of those games, and that's just something I will never forget. Um, they said that whole last year was just crazy going on that run that we did and making it to the regional. Um, I feel like that was a really good experience for me as well as my my fellow teammates. Well, now that you're back, how's this affected daily life? You talked about it as a student. You know, it's certainly impacting your academics. How about just the way that things are in town? Uh, daily life. Let's see, yesterday, yesterday I got out and about, and luckily I got to go to like a Buffalo Wild Wings before. Um, my mom wasn't very happy about that, and then I realized that uh, they closed all those down today. So um, <laughs> as of now, I just have to stay at home, can't do anything, wait until school hops up on my laptop, and I got to do school from home. Um, try to avoid going outside as much as possible, so I got to do my workouts and stuff, and maybe just only be used to go throw and play catch with somebody if I can. Gage Smart, a senior at Bionavista University, joins us on the ESPN-UP phone line talking about how COVID-19 has impacted him. That was great stuff, man. It's always great talking to you, and I'm excited to see how everything works out for you, man. Best of luck. Okay, you too, Tanner. Thank you. And finally, here before we run out of time, let's turn it over to the softball side of things. I'm joined by Michaela Mason, a senior outfielder for the Bionavista University squad. Her season cut short due to the COVID-19 outbreak. First of all, thank you for being on with me. Tell me about the timeline, the events, what have you, leading up to the cancellation of your senior season. Well, I remember uh, the day before we were supposed to leave campus, I talked to Coach about it, and she was like, we're leaving no matter what, like, as of right now, school hasn't shut down or anything. It didn't seem like it was going to be as crazy as it is. Uh, we get on the plane, come to uh, Tucson, and everything's starting to shut down pretty much right when we get here. Uh, the next day, so Thursday, we had two games. And, of course, it's 350 days of sun in Tucson, but the days we're able to play, it starts raining. So we played four innings, and it got canceled due to the rain. And then... Um, we were supposed to play two games the next day and we were on our way to the field and we saw an announcement on Twitter saying that our conference had canceled all playing, um, all tournaments and such. And uh, I know my coach wasn't too happy because she wasn't able to actually tell us before we saw it on Twitter. Um, but at this point, we thought we were still going to be able to play. We didn't know that we couldn't play in Arizona. We just knew that our rest of the season was canceled. So when we got to the field, it, uh, it was like 9.20. We were supposed to play at 10. We were warming up, and Coach had been on the phone. She comes over, gathers us all around, and she tells us that we don't get a play. And the day before was our last game, and it was only four innings long, and immediately we all just started crying. I know me and the two other seniors, um, it's been really tough. Um, to not, we didn't know when our final game was going to be, and it wasn't even a full game. Um, it still doesn't really feel real, but it's—I don't even know how to explain it. I don't really know what I'm going to do with my time, to be honest. But. Well, I know the NCAA's put out that extra year of eligibility. I know that's not easy at the Division Three level either. But is that something that you've been considering, or you've had those talks? Well, I've definitely been thinking about it a lot because I would love to go back and play. 
um, since they're getting out an extra year of eligibility. But you're right, at the D3 level, it's a little different. We don't have uh, athletic scholarships. We just have academics. And I go, since CV is a private institution, it's really pretty pricey. Um, I'm thinking that if they are to give me an option where I can go back and not have to pay for a semester school, I definitely would. But I doubt that would happen. If I have to go back and I have to pay for a semester, it really economically is not possible for me to do that, to pay for a fifth, fifth year, basically. Um, and then also, I want to go to vet school. So if I do get into vet school, I was thinking maybe I walk on wherever I go use my one year of eligibility but the problem with that is I love DVU and the team that I have there was such a special team and I we were gonna make we were gonna make huge strides this year and do a lot and that's where I want my senior year to end. So I'm not really sure at this moment I think it's gonna be a decision that'll happen probably like in the spring next year. I know this isn't a situation that anybody was equipped to deal with. It's not easy for anyone, but in your mind, that right there, not being able to effectively use that fifth year with the team that you've grown up with, is that the biggest difference that D3 athletes are facing right now compared to D1? I think that definitely is. Like I I love softball, but there's no other team I really want to finish my uh, career out with. Um, I've done so much at BB, like, with the team and I've just grown so much as a person like being on that team my coaches have been had a huge impact on me and uh I just there's nowhere else I can imagine finishing my career like I'm glad if it is done but it happened at BB when you're having a bad day the sky's dark and you're thinking about this softball team what's the memory that you think about to cheer you up um just the fun that we had, the goofiness. Um, we know when to be serious, but I think the reason that we get along so well is because we know how to have a good time. Um, we have a lot of jokesters on the team, myself included, and we just we all mesh really well. This year, I can say out of the four years, is the best chemistry that we have ever had as a team, which is why it's really sad that we don't get to finish the season out because I know Big things were going to happen since we haven't had the best of luck the past couple of years. But um, I would definitely say the way that we can all hang out together and just have a good time and there's no drama. Like, I've never been on a team where there hasn't been drama. And that's just, I think, speaks volumes of the girls that are on the team. And I know that they're going to go really far and they're going to do a lot in the coming years together. Michaela Mason, senior outfielder at Buena Vista University. Her team season, again, cut short by the COVID-19 outbreak. Hey, always good talking to you, Michaela. Hang in there. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. You too, Peter. All right. My thanks to everybody who joined me here in the phone line over the course of the last hour or so. Now, I just want to wrap this up here in our final minute. Why did I do that? Why did I introduce several athletes and coaches from a Division three school 10 hours away from here? Well, they were easy access to get to. It's hard to get through to anybody at any school right now. I could have called up to Finlandia, but they're pretty well shut down, as we all know. Uh, convenience was a big part of it. Another part of it was you hear the Division One stories. You hear the pro athletes, what's going on with them. We're a sports station, and I don't bring up the coronavirus and sad stories to disencourage people, to make people sad, to bum you out, because I get it right now. 
sports radio is probably more important than it's ever been because we are the escape for people during this crisis. But it's also important to recognize how the situation is affecting people at every level. And I wanted to give these athletes the opportunity to share their stories, and not only theirs, but I'm sure that several athletes at the Division Three level, especially all across the country, are feeling the same way. And they may not have the platform to get their stories told as somebody who goes to Duke or plays basketball at Kansas or plays baseball at Louisville. And that's why I wanted to share those stories with you, because this is something we're all in together. And I'm thankful to be able to talk with you, the listeners, and share stories like that with you. We are going to have a lot of fun tomorrow, though. Again, I apologize. I didn't mean to bum anybody out, and uh, I hope that wasn't the case. We are going to have a few more laughs on tomorrow's show. We'll dig back into the head of content. We'll speculate more about Tom Brady, including one rumor that says he's already decided who he's going to. I don't know about that. We'll see how that plays out here in the coming days. Until then, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.